We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm in a good mood, but I, I got a quote friend of the show, Marcus Thompson. Nothing makes the Bay Area happier than when Steph Curry is feeling it. And honestly, Monday night, kind of a rough Niners game yesterday. I mean, kind of is how I would put it. <laughs> it, it. It's like he knew. Uh, he knew. He knew that the, you know, I guess half of the Bay Area, the Niners fans and Raiders fans, or half of the Bay Area, we're uh, down bad uh, after the night, <laughs> whatever percent it is. We're just feel, feeling bad after yesterday. I, and he went out. He went out tonight and actually wasn't very good for the first quarter. Sam uh, was kind of the same as he's been for the first month, uh, last month or so. And then, and then tonight he played how he does against Houston for the last like six years. That's what he did. He just <laughs> looked. It, it, it looks so familiar. The red court. The, the chairs that are red, right? The fans looking miserable the whole time. Steph hitting big shots. It just looked all so familiar. Uh, it was perfect. Do you think Do you think there's like a specific fan in Houston who he like eyeballs someone who like heckles him and talks? Oh, talks I thought you were going like, to make a Steph oh. Aisha joke. But yeah, okay, okay. No. I, thought, I didn't know where you were no, going with that no. one, buddy. Come on, okay. come on, man. It's, it's, not, it's not even 8 p.m. on Monday night. We're <laughs> not going saying. there. I'm just uh, but I'm just, you know, it's like, do you think he sees so, – because you know how it goes. You go to the same place over and over again. You see the same people. Do you think there's, like, a specific fan in the Houston arena and the Toyota Center or stuff like, damn mother. You know, <laughs> no, no, I'm going off. <laughs> the Spike Lee. He, he needs his own Spike Lee in Houston. There's got to be someone. Who's that guy with the, with the, uh, with the outrageous uh, fits? With the super tight pants and the cowboy hat, I, oh, I forget his name. He's oh, Jimmy Goldstein. Yeah, but he's but he's in L.A. He's a he's, he's, LA a, Holly, he's okay. a Hollywood guy. He's to be fair, he's now rich enough to go to whatever NBA arena he wants, guy. But like, I associate him with the Lakers, with with all things fraudulent in Southern California. He is a oh, someone in the chat did point this out, and I totally forgot about this. Iverson was in the house. Allen Iverson was in the house, and they they. They gave us a nice visual of him at the end of the third quarter, like borderline falling asleep. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Steph saw that. Maybe Steph saw that. And he's like, 
AI, that's that's my guy. That's like top three favorite players. Uh, he's not coming all the way out here to watch me for me to not give him a show. Uh, AI, one of the most complimentary players that what we've ever seen, Sam, the past decade or so. He's the one guy that I think when Steph was coming up, when everybody was kind of giving him the, you know, this won't work in the playoffs. You got to push him around. Three pointers right. don't win championships type of stuff. It always felt like AI was the one that was behind his back. And, and really, Iverson's the guy that, that was, has always been happy about any other basketball player that, that's playing well. I always thought that was really cool. That was a cool thing about AI is he, he just loves the game, and it seems like he loves all the current players. You can't really say that, I think, for a lot of the – you know, you watched Van Gundy this weekend, right, announcing the game. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, I'd already, like, flushed that out of my mind. My I'll let you bring it back up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true because AI was undersized because everyone yeah. said this same BS about him his yeah. whole career. So I, I think that factors into it. I mean, I, he was my favorite player. Growing up, I promise you it was no one on the 19 and 63 Warriors was <laughs> my favorite player in, in like 2000. But uh, yeah, Iverson, if you're if you're in my age range, which I want to disclose, but this should be close enough. Uh, Iverson was, you know, you're either an Iverson or a Kobe guy. And I wasn't going to root for an L.A. team. You know, I gained respect at at later, more mature ages. But teenage teenage Sam. Not a fan of Kobe. No, by the way, this makes so much sense that you love Jordan Politic and the ridiculous shots he does. <laughs> and I and I'm the guy. And I'm the guy because I just I grew up loving uh, kind of Steve Nash type of player. Uh, AI was cool too, but but didn't love him as much. Uh, just get annoyed when when Jordan Poole shoots 30, 35 footers. So no, yeah. he doesn't do that anymore because Steve Kerr is bringing more shit out of him. Anyway, but I will I will say Steve Nash was like you. Steve Nash has come up was post peak Iverson. So I, I don't know how you'd feel. And, and that, that's our little age difference here. I don't know how you feel if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, 13 or 15 watching peak Iverson, Watch you, might, peak you might, you may, might feel the same way. Anyway, let's get back to this game. We are digressing. Um, so Steph Curry, man, he, uh, 49 and five, the most underrated oh. stat of tonight, one mm. turnover. Mm. I'm um, looking at his numbers. The last eight games, so pretty much home stand on. Yep. He's averaged eight assists a game and 2.5 turnovers. Yep. About 24 to 25 points a game. I think he's subtly, and I think people are having a hard time realizing this, but like averaging 25 and eight with uh, only a couple turnovers a game is legit production for a point guard and that's probably how he has to play as long as Draymond Green's out we're going to get less of tonight we got 40 points Steph but I think you're probably going to see less Steph like you know huge explosions without Draymond Green and more of what he was the first three quarters of this game which is like methodically dissecting you on the pick and roll I mean how many easy buckets they get like Looney and JTA, JTA. and like Yep. Quite frankly, those aren't even good role men. Those are just like dudes who know how to set screens, you know? Like it's not like he's playing with an above the rim role man like like Trey Young has with Capella and a Congo or whatever you want yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. Like yep. but that's just that's just kind of how Steph's gonna have to play as long as Draymond's out, right? I by the way, uh thanks coach Steve uh Steve Spendiari. Uh because I know <laughs> Steve is happy about this. You you think you think if, if Coach Kerr had a choice, you think he'd rather have you know the, these these Steph explosions are just kind of 
But you know what? I, I'd be happy with Steph turning the ball over just one time a game with, with a, you know, like true, quote unquote, true. But like, I bet Steve's super happy about that. Obviously, he's not about the slump. But like, I, I did realize that, uh, you know, you've been pointing out the last couple of times. It feels like with Draymond out, Steph's like, all right, enough with the bullshit turnovers. Because, you know, he's always the one that's throwing the ball around. Well, Draymond does too. But now that he has the ball so much, you can't afford the multiple pick sixes that Steph usually throws every game, right? So it feels like he's got the Jimmy G out of his system. He's just saying, you know what? No more dumb turnovers. No more. I'm just going to go ahead and, and be like Chris Paul, essentially. Chris Paul just never turns the ball over and is methodical, like you're saying. And if he's able to get JT and Looney, who, who who are guys that, like you said, can't even get to the hole. Like, this is this is a team that needs him to play that position. And uh, yeah, you it's, saw it's, it's the not second on. It's the... <laughs> Yes, it turns out Bismack Biombo can put up numbers uh, on that team. <laughs> but but um, they need to do it, and I think they need to do they need to have him do both. So it's tough. They need to have him play that way, and then also in the second half, hey, things are falling apart. You're just gonna have to go out there and drop 21 in the fourth quarter. That's a tough. That's a lot, right? For Steph, him doing it this at 33, 34 is, is kind of crazy. To see. Yeah, and like, look. It, it's not like I'm going to like lie to you and be like, he had, he's been shooting the ball well the last month. Like he's been slumping from deep. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think part of it honestly ties into like, anytime he finds a rhythm, a new challenge comes in. Like he would, he had a couple good shooting games and then Draymond goes down. So it's like the role keeps changing too. not to, to go all excuse apologist, whatever you want to call it. But it's just like, the reality of the matter is I, I tried to take a step back today and I'm like, they're 38 and 13. <laughs> They've won seven of their last eight for as poorly as he shot the ball for as much, as many games as Draymond's missed for, you know, trying to insert clay into it. And he's certainly working through his own stuff. You know, some games are great. Some games are like, he hasn't played basketball in two and a half right, years, which he right. hasn't. They just keep winning. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what else to go on from this team. By the way, we're, I'm, we didn't even mention the fact no Otto Porter, no Bielitsa. Like, I think Juan played center half the game. You know, it's like. Played well tonight. He played well tonight. Those are he did. But, but it's just like they are. Right. You know, you can focus on the fact Steph's not shooting his normal, like, 44% from three. Or you can focus on the fact they just keep winning games. Like, what what more do you want considering the adversity that they're facing, right? I, I, I your, your point is that this team is going through, I think, more adversity than people are, are saying about this team, right? Draymond's out, uh, which takes away really a lot of their defense. But they're still playing incredible defense with Steph playing 35-plus minutes a game, right? And outside of Andrew Wiggins, who's still playing fantastic and is now an all-star, they don't really have – He's now the best shooter in the NBA. He really – wow. It just It is fucking beautiful out there the way he's shooting it. Big bucket down the stretch. And Clay Thompson's still hit or miss right now, right? He's still working his way back. He's not going to play tomorrow. So it's like with all that stuff, this team is what? Seven and one in the last eight? That's crazy to think about. Regardless of who they're playing after the slump that they went through, you're right. I think that's the, – the winning – not even despite the fact that Steph is shooting poorly. I think it's winning playing this way, I think in this quote-unquote slump, is what makes it even more impressive. I think that that's, that's really – that's MVP type stuff. That's It is. It is. I mean, if you want to take a step back, they played the first, I don't know, 40 games without Klay Thompson. The minute Klay comes back, Draymond Green, who's having 
defensive player of the year caliber season goes down and I don't know when he's come back. He, the update that they promised everyone has, has not come. That doesn't make me feel confident. I, I think you and I both agree we're probably not going to see him before the All-Star break. Um, and, you know, they, they have no one in the front court other than Looney at this point. It's just in and out. I don't, I don't know what else you want from staff. Like, yep. you, do you want numbers or do you want wins? Because I think he's putting together one of his more impressive seasons when you consider all the adversity they have to go through. Like, for as impressive as his MVP seasons were, and they were impressive, Clay and Draymond didn't miss any games at all. No. You know, and quite frankly, neither did Bogut and Iguodala. You know, like they had. Um, Who's to say Iguodala just doesn't play for weeks on end? Actually, to your point, <laughs> is he still in the NBA, game. man? Long <laughs> <laughs> vacation. Uh, I mean, yeah, Iguodala has played like 20 games this season. I mean, they're they're just going through it, and it's just it's a machine, and it's you know we can we can throw up the infographics about Steph on and off, but like you watch the team, they can't do anything without him. So oh, it's just kind of it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, it, it I, might not take the form and the numbers might not look the way you want it, but like this is an MVP caliber season. A hundred percent. I will say the the one the one thing though is this team isn't isn't winning games that matter if Steph isn't shooting the way he does tonight, right? Maybe not forty points a game, but he has to be better shooting the way he has in order to win those games. But guess what? It's January. It's January, so all that matter, all that matters right now is Steph staying healthy, right? Staying healthy and just getting his rhythm back, and it looks like he did tonight. But I think when it does come down to it, obviously a couple of things: Steph needs to shoot better than he has. Draymond needs to be healthy. Play needs to be like those are obvious things, but that doesn't need to happen until March. And and I think that you and I think Draymond's not coming back to the All Star break, but he does seem relatively optimistic that he is going to be healthy at some point in the next couple months. So I, I think all things considered, I think the Warriors have kind of righted the ship after, after a few, a few, after what they, they lost a bunch of games in the two, three week stretch there. So it's been a good couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to, to Looney on this game. Also, by the way, <laughs> what do you have? What do you have? Uh, 12 rebounds. Is that right? Nope. Yep. Um, 14, sorry, 14. I don't want to disrespect the man. You know, 12's, 12's nothing for Looney these days. And key ones down the stretch, he's just – if you told me in the preseason, you know who's going to play every game for the Warriors this season? Looney. And that's it. I would have laughed at you. And then if you told me he was going to play this well, I would laugh at you. Well, he's doing it, you know? Like, you got to you got to give him a little – you got to tip the cap at some point, right? incredible defensively the rebounding numbers are, are are insane um i i do think he looked a little slow tonight i i do think he's got to slow at some point <laughs> when did, when, when did just, he ever look fast well even slower than usual I, but it's not like it's not like a slight it's like man this guy like you said just played every game so geez uh game winning game uh clinching layup there at the end and one two and, and makes the free throw so yeah i mean for me i think the guy that i thought was gross andrew wiggins i mean his defense down the stretch. The thing about Wiggins, I think, is he, he to me, feels like a guy that gets the rhythm quickly in the first half. And then I think you see Steph and Clay kind of assert themselves in the second half. And you usually see Wiggins kind of step out, you know, a little bit. He kind of steps away a little bit, right? Uh, but defensively, he never stops playing defense. And uh, this, this is where, you know, they close with GP2 tonight over Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, who was fine, actually. He was pretty good. 
but I think Steve just went defense down the stretch. When they can put Wiggins and GP2 defensively in the closing unit, it's pretty filthy, man. Like we saw it a few times, especially when they got Iguodala and Draymond out there too. But those two guys, whew, like they're 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 some of the best isolation defenders against quick guards that you that you'll see in the entire NBA. It's it's impressive but, stuff. By the way, I talked about it on the pod over the weekend. So if you didn't check it out, it's the the previous episode. But what do you give me for my theory that because they allow you to use your hands more um, with the rule emphasis, letting you play perimeter defense? I think perimeter defense is actually more important than rim protection in the modern wow. NBA with everyone. Everyone shoots threes. Everyone's mm-hmm. trying to put you on an island. If you can use your hands on an island, that's more valuable than being the rim protector. Like, look at the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert is a phenomenal rim protector, but no one on that team can guard an island. And eventually, you're just going to drive and kick till he gets out of position, and he's going to look like, you know, he's going to get embarrassed, right? Meanwhile, the Warriors, what's their rim protection? Looney, right? But they got GP2. They got Wiggins. Steph is a really good defender on an island. Clay is a good defender. On, like, everyone can at least hold their own to some degree, and some of them guys are just outright advantages when they're on an island, right? And the Warriors don't get exposed. They The least amount of shots at the rim. The Warriors, no team has allowed less shots at the rim. That's, a, that's an incredible stat. So if you were to pick one... Is this why you would rather have them pick up a wing player uh, down the stretch here? Because you're you're less concerned about rim protection. You're you're okay with what we saw tonight, where you know JTA is gonna you know guard Shangun and you know, Shangun's gonna get some offensive rebounds. But end of the day, he's really not gonna kill you because nobody in the NBA is gonna kill you down low, like very very little. Yeah, I mean, I would like them to Christian like, Woods out here just shooting threes as a seven footer. Like what are we like? Yeah, perfect. You'll perfect. Live with that. Perfect world, I would like them to add an athletic front court player, so just a big wing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, they don't need to add a big for the sake of adding a big. I would want them to add a big if they have concerns about Draymond's body holding up. So, like, mostly. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. it, yeah. it's a serious concern, but like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you want to add someone to get Draymond and Looney to the finish line healthy, right? Like, yeah. Their, yeah. their whole job is. To right. do the Zaza, right? Like if if that's why you're adding a big, yeah, I, I think that's where I'm where I'm for it because I just I just don't know if there's any good. There's just probably nobody really good enough out there. It kind of depends who's out there good enough that they can. Get. Jason Tate. Yeah, is it Jay? <laughs> Fitz kept saying it's so weird today. We just, I, but anyway, who, who knows? I came back. I, Fitz, Fitz I'm, looked I'm like touching he was, that. <laughs> Fitz looked like he was hung over, still hung over from the Niners game yesterday. I can't blame him. Uh, he didn't have much energy until Steph went off. So, you know, Fitz, hope, hopefully we'll put on a better show tomorrow night. But, yeah, look, I think uh, a couple other guys down the line, obviously GP2 was good. But guys that are much maligned for me, like JTA, I love uh, – he's been bad the, the past couple of weeks. But isn't this the perfect game for him to play well in? Just late January, bad Rockets team. Uh, Kaminga looks like he's out of the rotation again. <laughs> so it's like perfect for J- – Bielita's out, right? It's perfect for JTA, 10 points a night. Really, really good defense. A couple bad turnovers, but like just overall needed that. If I agree with you, I, I JTA did have a good game today, and it was much needed for him. I feel like he might get a little more criticism than he deserves online every now and then, but 
just because like he's a vet minimum guy. Like, what are you really expecting? He's an energy player. He brings energy. He always plays hard. And, you know, he has good games like tonight. You know, if 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 you're putting if your final hopes hinge on JTA, like you have bigger problems. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it's always cool to see those guys like Damian Lee had a good game a few games ago. It's always cool because I'm the guy that's always whining about those guys. But it's always cool to see them play well. You know, it's just, like you said, vet men guys, man. But what do you think about Kaminga? He didn't play tonight. Like he played. Well I was, gonna, I was about to ask you what's your what's your theory on why he's? Can we, can we be honest? He's he's clearly in the doghouse. Yeah, they were yeah. undersized. If there was a game for him to get extended run, it's against a bad Rockets team with, you know, Bielitsa, Otto Porter, obviously Draymond, all out of the lineup. Like you would think he would get like 25 minutes tonight, and he still couldn't get on the floor. Do you have a theory for why Kerr has him in the doghouse? Because to me, it's pretty obvious. He's Uh-oh. not doing something, uh-huh. and Kerr's trying to send him a message. But I can't quite pinpoint what that something is. I, I, You remember when Jordan Poole got benched for Clay? Well, I, I shouldn't say got benched, but he got sent to the bench because of Clay, and Jordan Poole kind of didn't show up, you know, did, didn't wasn't aggressive coming off, right? And you can, you can sure. see kind of in the presser, Kerr's like, hey, if Jordan Poole is aggressive like he was tonight, I think a couple games ago, like this is the Jordan Poole that we want. But, he, you know, Jordan Poole's 22. He's obviously throwing a tantrum probably. And it's like, I, I, I need to get more minutes, stuff like that, which, which kind of makes sense. He's young. He's, he's still trying to make money in the NBA. I, I think maybe something similar going on with, with Kaminga, just because I feel like those guys are so confident. Like they're, they're so aggressive and so confident and they just believe that they're going to be great, which is really cool. But I think when you don't get what you want in terms of, I don't know, minutes, ball in your hand. Maybe you get you get reamed in the in the video session for not playing defense, right? For not setting the right screen, God forbid. Poor rotations. Yeah. All those things. I think that's getting to him a little bit, maybe. I, I I don't know. Like I think some of that. I just these guys are so young, I feel like they're just you can kind of see their mentality kind of kind of take a hit. They're not as mature <laughs> as the stuff Draymond were. You never know when those guys are or sad or mad or anything. You can kind of tell they're coming good and going through it right now yeah and and i'm i'm still not quite sure what he's not doing that is getting him in trouble because he's yeah i think he's playing with appropriate amount of energy he's obviously making some defensive mistakes and that's to be expected but like i would have expected kerr to bench him if he played lazy like i wouldn't think i don't think that's the issue so i'm just curious what he's not doing that they have an issue with like is it that he doesn't know where to be on the right play and that they're yelling at him and that sort of stuff. Like it's to be seen, but like, it's, it's very clear at this point that there's a, um, they're trying to send a message to him with his minutes about (sighs) something very specific. And I can't, I personally can't place it at this moment. Yeah. I mean, we're not in the locker room. I I have no idea. It does feel like uh, somebody throughout the, in your mentions, I saw somebody throughout the Brandon Ayuk doghouse. God, the Niners keep coming up and it's making me more sad. But uh, Ayuk was was benched essentially for for someone named Trent Sherfield who just is is not a good one. Hey, Trent Sherfield's good. I like Trent <laughs> anyway. But he's, you a, know, he's a ball. I feel like that. You know you know why Ayuk was benched? I, I don't. He wasn't practicing hard. Wasn't practicing hard wasn't and wasn't he wasn't blocking. wasn't blocking. Yeah, he wasn't blocking. Yeah. And look at what the Niners did in the second half of the season. Uh, he was very good. I yeah, so so it's it could be something as subtle as he's not setting screens the right way. Oh boy, which sounds like you know, which sounds about right. You know, you're just like, come on, man. 
you're really worried about a screen setting, but like, Hey man, <laughs> everything in the offense is precision. So maybe, maybe it's something as little as that, but it's, Hey, man, you, you only have one chance to set a guy's habits, right? You know, like look at the Lakers. They're trying to coach Russell Westbrook to do things. And it's like, Oh, he's 33 years old. He's won an MVP. He's been like a 10 time all-star. You think you can change him? Like it's a lost cause. So like that's just kind of the deal Ru- with young Ru- players, right? Ru- Russ and the Lakers is like the dude that's or the girl that's cheated like in the last three relationships. You you, you think he or she's gonna be loyal this time around? What are we doing here, man? Come on, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's, let's get to the... Let's get to, to the goons. We're getting to the goons. Ryan, what's up, bro? <laughs> Nothing much. Uh, first off, I just want to say I think uh, Joe Kuzman floating after the uh, the Dallas game was really good. He sort of started floating, and it's been a trend with him after he has a good game. He'll be in the doghouse four games because he gets high on his own supply type deal. And then, uh, and then secondly, for the Niners stuff, um, go listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and I'll cheer you up because he talks about Tom Brady and the Niners, and he's pushing that agenda. So. That'll, that'll sort of cheer you up. Of course he is. Oh, getting getting Brady out of retirement yes. for a second act? I love it. Ryan, appreciate you. <laughs> do, do you remember when Jim Harbaugh and, and Trent Baalke, like went to watch Peyton Manning in secret? Uh, oh, I do. <laughs> it feels like that. Except for Tom Brady actually could still throw the football and Peyton was watched. But Peyton won yeah. the one. He did. Playing like Jimmy, but with my children's. <laughs> I fuck off, man. Aaron, what's up, what's up, bro? Hey, uh, just quick hypothetical. If there was, if you are James Wiseman's <clears throat> main trainer, and you have the opportunity to have him work and train with one NBA player this summer, exclusively, which player would it be? Ooh, why? Oh, I love this question. Um, I'm gonna let you go first, Andy. Because I have uh, 
Well, let, let's let's start here. So the Warriors wanted him to train with Kevin Garnett. Yes. And and, and that's a strong that's a strong contender. That's like a very good, you know, because like Garnett's kind of skinny too, right? Uh, but no one would ever accuse Garnett of being like, you know, not a physical player, right? Um, throw Garnett out the window. Who would you want Wiseman to train with? I actually don't think Garnett is the one. Um, I, I actually think uh, Tim Duncan. <laughs> he is easily and by far the guy that I think James Wiseman should talk to. Um Wiseman doesn't strike me as the type of guy that needs KG's fiery kind of act. Don't even know if that's actually good for him. But I think Tim Duncan, wherever he is today, I don't know what he's doing now, actually. Um, But I think he'd be the perfect. He is the best big man defender I have ever seen. I used to think it was boring. The the big fundamental. But I grew up and I was like, holy crap. This guy is – he could play in today's NBA and average 25 and, and 20. Right. And it, it easily in his prime, he's just that good. Footwork is incredible. We know that. But I think it's the defense. It was Timmy's defense that was fantastic throughout his entire career. I think that would be. And also, I think he has a way of kind of he's like Steph, where I don't think he's he's pushing, yelling, kind of doing his old show like KG is. I think he's more that I think he's probably a better coach uh, than someone like that. I, I think Timmy Timmy's the guy. I can't top that one because you're right. Like one, Timmy is going to make him, it's going to be like the karate kid instead of like working on, you know, the knockout blow, he's going to have him waxing cars. You know, <laughs> like he's going to, he's going to have him being set screens for five hours. Oh, he said one of the greatest screen setters. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> Go for yeah. it. What's up? Yeah, yeah. We got, what if he worked with Nikola? Yo- Ooh, I like that too. I mean, Jokic, by the way, Aaron, appreciate the call. Jokic, another just fundamentally sound player in general. Why We're, we're trying to get Wiseman to work with players who have zero athletic lift. <laughs> well, well by the way, well, you, we, had, we had, like, who coached Jokic? We could, we could talk about that for a second. Mijelovic, yeah. Yeah, Mijelovic. Mijelovic, by the way, coach. apparently has, has uh, he came here, everyone's like, he's going to make Wiseman great. Instead, he's made Rulumi great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I tribute attribute that to him. By the way, I, I mean he's it, he's a big man coach, so he's working with all of them. But yeah, and yeah. I I think that's 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 who that's what they had in mind. I don't know if they they were saying, hey, we're gonna turn him into Jokic, but for, I think for me, I was thinking of like if we're talking about current day players, I would think like rim running bigs, right? Like I don't know any of these guys, but like but like Clint Capella is like a rim running big that's that just knows his role as a great defender when he's healthy and. And can just and just average. He can average 10, 15 points a game. Just I was gonna. So that that adds to it. So I, I agree with you. Like I think Duncan is better than the answer I'm about to give. But Uh-oh. I'd say Giannis. I'd say Giannis. Oh, wow. Um, because not only is Giannis a better rim runner than any rimmer in big, and not only is he like a physical freak force of nature, Giannis is also kind of a nice guy. And if you if you read up on him, he had to learn to be a little meaner. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a good thing for for James Wiseman because James Wiseman, from everything you see, is also just kind of like he's not doing the like you know angry you know mean mugging thing. He's he's kind of he's kind of like got the the nice guy personality, and it's kind of like how do you harness that athleticism to be a physical force, right? Oh. I like that. I like that one. Um, 
I think the same level of rawness, I think, too, right, coming into the to the to the NBA. <laughs> I'm blocking whoever said smiley in the chat. Well, somebody also said Hassan Whiteside, which is which is get, pun him, block him. All right, let, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, that's a good question. Was TJ, what's up, man? Oh yeah, first time speaker, love the pod. Um, I have so many thoughts. I'm just gonna give down the rundown, the main ones. Hell yeah, this man, Steve Kerr. <laughs> Steve Kerr would be a god in 1960s Soviet Union, man. The communist, <laughs> basketball, the communist basketball I'm first to watch is insane. Like, I know everyone loves the Bayern scoring, Wiggins 20, Paul 19, Steph 18. But come on, man. Just give the ball to your best player and get out the fucking way. Uh, God bless Looney. Looney has been a godsend this season, man. It's crazy. I'm surprised he's still going. I'm scared his hips are going to fall off the bone, but he's still here. So, look, rock with that. And... Um, Steph, hopefully the slump is over. I don't want to jinx it, so I'll wait for maybe four or five games. Shout out All-Star Wigs and GP2. I think I think he has to stay in the field room. I've, I've never seen Steph get mad at a player so many times. I think he misses so many offensive sets. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Good win. We'll keep, it, we'll keep it going. TJ, appreciate the call. Appreciate the USSR reference. <laughs> and the <laughs> accent. Incredible. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I love it. It's true though. Steve is uh Steve is a traditionalist coach. He's not putting anyone above the team, including Steph. <laughs> I, I you know, I tweeted this in the beginning of the game. I, I I get it, but at the same time, Steph came out here today and he didn't he didn't drive the ball until eight minutes into the first quarter. Like, Steph, my guy, if you if you really wanted to chuck it up or, or Kind of run run your own offense. He could, he could just do it. He just chooses not to. So you know we're, we're all used to this by now, right, Sam? I feel like you're not. I, I feel like you're the guy that's not too antsy about the way Steph runs offense because I, it's we've seen this before. We know Steph's not going to do this crazy, you know, ISO thing unless Kevin Porter Jr. talks to him, right? Like unless that happens. I've, I I officially I I um last season was the last time I'm ever going to, you know, criticize Steve for, uh, for Steph, because it, it's official. like, come on, man. You, they, do you really think Steve Kerr is going to bench Steph Curry if he breaks off that <laughs> offense? You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, Steph, you're the goat. You're getting a statue up front of stage center. Although I'm sure Joe Lacob will try to make it smaller than his statue, but like you're, you're, you're getting the, you're the god among gods here. You don't, you know, like you do whatever you want. Yeah, you, you can do whatever you want. He can break off the offense when he wants, and you know he he doesn't want to. He's a true believer, and he is. Sometimes he has to, you know, like this is a perfect game. It took him a quarter and change to realize, like, all right, enough of this. I just got to take these guys one on one, right? And it's okay. Sometimes it's going to take him. Yeah, he'll time. figure it out. Sometimes it take him a month. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Nova, what's going on, man? Hey, good evening, guys. Um, just to answer your question, I think you asked that uh, you posed a question about what uh, um, uh, Kaminga could do to uh, what's 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 going wrong. You know, I think right. I think if you listen to what Steve Kerr said earlier on, he wants him to play like Marion. Action Marion, he just wants him like early Marion, just run, hustle, run hard, set screens, finish, don't do anything fancy, stay in your role. Uh, and that's the kind of guy Steve Kerr is. Sometimes I wonder if, uh, you know, Steve Kerr was the coach of this Warriors team before they got Mark Jackson. Would, would Steph become the Steph he became, you know? 
because he might just have been like, yo, just shoot threes, run around, set screens. Right, right. So I think just, you know, if uh, Kuminga could do that, just run hard, rebound, crash the boards, fake hustle. Steve Kerr is going to love him. He's going to get some minutes. So, yeah, that's uh, answering your question. Yeah. I agree with you, Nova. I, I just – do you agree with me, Andy? I don't think Kuminga's necessarily had lazy games. I think he's had sloppy games. I agree. I mean, 19-year-old, like Wiseman, same thing, right? Like, it's just he's not different from anyone else. There's only a few players in the history of basketball that are coming in at, at that level playing non-sloppy basketball. I'm with you. I, I do think that it's okay for Kaminga to be annoyed, though, that he's not getting minutes, right? Like, you want no, him I, to. I love to, it. Yeah. 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 I, that's that's really what it is. Now, it, it depends. Like, does he give up? Does Is he just kind of say, like, fuck it? And is he going to loaf out there? Or is he going to actually – because I do think Steve's right. Like, he doesn't need to be on ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Try, trying to go five for 17 every game <laughs> like he would be if he was on the Rockets, right? Just, like, Jalen Green is horrific. Just going 10, 10 dribble combo package while Steph and Clay stand on the like, wings. Yeah, like, yeah, like not... Terrible. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching some of, these, some of these young players. Like, tonight, like, Green, where it's you know, probably be a good NBA player, but my God, he's bad right now. Well, is it, it's he's not like – whatever he wants. It's like two schools of thoughts. You either give the young guy the ball and let them embarrass themselves and learn through that, or you do what Steve's doing with Kuminga, which is like, I'm not letting you play until you master the most basic little things, and you go super hard. Like, I get why the Rockets are doing it the way they're doing it with Jalen Green. It, it, what are you going to do? Have him sit on the bench so Eric I was going to say they have for no 40 choice. minutes. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. But right. it's like, I also don't think the Warriors have a choice here either. Like, yeah, you're they, really gonna, they tried it with, with Wiseman last yep. year, and yep. that's just unfair to the veterans. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The Warriors don't have a choice. They, they have to go this route because you can't, you can't say, hey, we'll go out there and figure it out because then – even if they win, it's it's what are we had Steph kicking chairs every game, you know? <laughs> it's not a good look. Right. Uh Jacob, what's <laughs> up, bro? Hey guys. Um that was man, what a what a return to like beautiful Steph Curry basketball. Um I just I, I this is kind of a change of topic, but I saw Andy retweeted this uh thing from Chris. Forsberg on Twitter that 538 has the Celtics among other teams having better odds of winning the finals than the Warriors. Just wanted you guys to uh, talk about that a little bit. Jacob, appreciate the call. Andy. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. What did they predict the Warriors would have in the, the beginning of the season? Uh, wasn't it like 40 some odd wins, like 40 wins, maybe 39, baby. <laughs> Even worse. 39. So if 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 the Warriors are on pace to win what like 58 games, this this is this third MVP is going to be just on the way for Steph. I think you make you make a point that I I kind of kind of forget during the slump is that even though the war even though Steph's hasn't been playing well, he's still the MVP front runner in the NBA right now, is he not? Like there isn't it's to me like KD's hurt now and he's going to be gone for a while. LeBron's is he he's out again. Uh, LeBron. So, and their team is. Terrible. I mean, LeBron's not. LeBron's not in the conversation. You <laughs> could make a case for Jokic and Embiid. Yeah, I, th- I think. You could. And you could probably make a case for Giannis, but like none of those guys are running away with it, and like no one's making a case for the Suns players. 
Like, you know, Chris, Chris Paul not doing it for you? CP3 not doing it for you? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, they are a really good team. Not going to be mean to them, but, like, this is the most collective effort, like Detroit Pistons type of team. Like they, they don't, they can miss, they can miss Chris Paul for five games and go four to one. Warriors aren't going four and one without stuff. <laughs> well, well, that's all. Uh, that's all. Steph played thirty nine minutes tonight. He played thirty nine yeah. minutes tonight. Was special, best player in the NBA type behavior, and they needed every minute from him to win this basketball game. This is not to say that the Warriors are bad. Because we think the Warriors are title contending teams, but I, no, I think but none, none of it gets unlocked without Steph. That's the, right. that's the thing. Right. It's like um, people say this with Jokic, and it's a hundred percent true. Like he's holding them afloat, but like I don't know, man. Yo, like, Jokic, we Jokic love, is we doing love what Juan, Steph did last season. We love Juan Scott Anderson. Okay. Are they win? How many games are they winning if there's if they have to start pool? Wiggins, JTA, um, Looney, and insert a guy for for ten games in a row. We know the answer to that. Come on, man. Like, and that's not, that's nothing against those guys. It's like none of it works without Steph. It's that simple, right? Like, so by default, he's the MVP. He he has to be. Like, you can tell me Embiid and and Giannis and Jokic are in the conversation, but like, that's about it. As far as I'm concerned, they're going to win almost 60 games on a team where Clay is coming back with on after two and a half years. And he and he's not playing that great just because he's rusty. And Draymond's been out for who knows how long. And they've got the second best record in the league. I think the I think the Draymond thing Andrew is, Wiggins big, is an all star. I think the Draymond thing is a bigger deal than people give it credit for. Um, anyone else misses their second best player as long as Steph is. And it's nonstop. They're winning. Like Steve Nash won an MVP. Steve Nash won an MVP because Amari um, had microfracture and they kept winning games. And he deserved it, you know, because like Nash is that good, right? But like, I don't, I don't see people going around being like, oh, they're they're winning games without Draymond Green. It's just just kind of oh, oh Warriors. That is a good point. You see them say that you know without Draymond they're three and four, right? But now that the Warriors are seven and one, eight and one, crickets. Yeah, the info the infographics disappeared. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, Henny, yo, what's good, yo? Uh, there we go. I've been listening to y'all since like when I needed like therapy for like the fifty loss season. But <laughs> appreciate it, man. I need like I have like two questions basically. So. Like, I've been fucking with Poole for, like, since his rookie year. Like, because I've seen his bag. But basically, with his, like, work ethic and all, I'm kind of afraid, like, a team might steal him from us, right? And, like, I'm not, like, hella... I'm not, like, an expert on, like, the financial shit. And, like, the second one is, like, like uh for Wigs. I remember uh, arguing with uh, Sam on Twitter about Wigs for... For Pascal, I I definitely think Pascal's a better player. Like if it's like a straight up, like I think I would do it. But but uh, what do you think? Like you do you see? Because right now I feel like he's excelling off of like being off ball, right? And being that shooter that uh, right. you guys talk about, right? But I was wondering, uh, do you guys ever see him being more of an on ball presence? Like I do see him being more aggressive, but I do think he needs a little more work in his ball handling to really take it to the next level like other small forwards have, like 
where they're indistinguishable in like being a forward and a guard because they're a forward, but they have guard handles, right? And I don't really see that for wigs yet, but do you guys see that happening in the future? That's a great call. Appreciate the call, Henny. Um, you want to take the first part, Andy? I'm, I'm going to steal it. And I'm taking the second part um, because I, I like that. <laughs> uh, I like that one. Um, I think, I think the Warriors figured out in st- the, the, the less, the better. Less is more with Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and, and the less that he kind of dribbles, 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 the better he is. Uh, right now, I think his go-to move when he takes more than one dribble is probably like a, a spin move, kind of one-handed layup, or he does the left shoulder kind of half-hook shot. That's it. And then there's the corner three, which is automatic. <clears throat> there's the above the break, break three, which is pretty sweet, right? And that's it from Andrew Wiggins. And it, it, it's pretty special the way he's playing right now, especially from an efficiency standpoint. So I, I think that they're going to keep going with that. I don't think they're going to try to do more than that. I will, I will say I'm not willing to rule out the possibility that he can expand his game over time um, just because – He's never been in a good situation until this year. And, like, clearly he is really good in this role. There's no way around that. Who's to say in a year or two he can't refine his handle enough to be – I'm not saying he's going to be, you know uh, – I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to have, like, Uh-oh. crazy handles or anything. I'm just saying what's to say he can't become better at it the way that we've seen Clay become better? at being kind of a guy to make basic drive and kick decisions. You know what hey, I'm saying? Clay now. Hey, Clay now. Clay now is different. He, he looking, <laughs> he's looking. <sighs> Are we sure Clay was injured and not just in the lab working? You know, I, like, know, I, mean, I, I don't know what's gone into him. He can't make threes right now. But he can. No, but, but he might get eight assists a game. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of wild, right? Um, to the first part, the Jordan Poole one, I don't want to really talk about that. I, I will say this. They have him under contract for another year. And I just, I can't see them making a decision until next year. So like at the end of next season, they're going to have to make extension decisions for, for Wiggins and for pool. I kind of don't see anything being decided until then. So it's just kind of going to be one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, pool wants money because why shouldn't he? Right. You know, Wiggins wants extension. I just, I don't see anything changing for the next year and maybe next year around this time. It's some noise, but like they're under contract next year and I'll just go. You know, they got to, they got to pick up Wiseman. Third year, you know. Oh, I'm just saying. Anyways, we got a, we got a special call coming through. Uh, What's up, Sheed? Bro, bro, if I gotta hear more Wiseman or Poole or Wiggins talk tonight, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> bash my head against the window, bro. Can we just get some Steph propaganda? Jesus. What up? I've been sitting in the parking lot for like 20 minutes. What? Why are you doing the parking lot? Sick right now. Oh. I'm at the post. I was at the post office. Oh. At 8:30 at night. Uh, the post office closes right at a uh, at SFL closes at eight. Okay. So you know, strolling a little right, okay. strolling around seven fifty eight. <laughs> they just open the back door. You you know, drop off and you take off. And then and then you hear us talking about Big Jim. Uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to mute sheet. I actually have to kick sheet off. 
apologize. Yeah, because we because we're hearing an echo. We're hearing ourselves talk whenever we're calling back, and that that makes we'll give him some stuff propaganda right now. Any other player in the NBA get forty five and nine with one turnover and it not turn into a huge obsession? <laughs> Do you see John Morant tonight? I want to throw this one out there. Uh, uh, John ja- Morant after accepting uh, an L from the war from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers without him quote tweets quote tweets uh, and you know one of these NBA central accounts he goes what the greats do 100% emoji fire emoji about Steph Curry you know what I know you love John Morant so I'm, I'm gonna let you talk away you know John just just uh just paying his respects. <laughs> Look, John ja, ja knows as someone that's the second best point guard in the NBA uh, behind Steph that he, he has to respect the GOAT. I, I, I think he's, is he, under, he understands what greatness is. I, I do love John. Ja. And I think I, I, the, thing was, the crazy thing about Steph is I, I do think his, his standards are held so high uh, that when the team is winning the way it has and him – Kind of shooting, and and by the way, the way that he's shooting, I, I guess field goal percentage is not so great, but it's not like Luka Doncic and James Harden doesn't go through rough stretches. But I think with Steph Curry, his standards are so you need to be at all times unreal, forty five percent from three. That when he goes through a rough stretch, yeah, even didn't. despite the fact the team is winning, it's it's and Steph, that's how great he is. Steph's the only guy who doesn't get credit for like gritty and efficient wins. It's like he, he has to win shooting 60%. Like, like, uh, you remember Derek Rose? Obviously, remember Derek Rose. But like, when like, when like, uh, the Bulls were, were, were awesome and Derek Rose was the MVP, it was, uh, you know, oh, they found a way to win, even though he was like seven for 19. Um, Steph finds a way to win and he's like 10 for 21. It's like, too much help. Oh, just just you know, just sub in Trey Young and they win. And it's like, what? <laughs> get out of here, too, you know. Too, too much JT. I mean, I mean, let's look at an even more recent example. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's MVP. I mean, he was great that season. It was a cool season. They finished sixth in the NBA in the West and then lost in the first round. And it was on paper. It was quoted by Steven Adams that they literally tried every game to give him the triple double. Like Correct. We, it, 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 they felt bad for him. It was like a um, man. It, it was like a it was like a Make a Wish MVP trophy. You know what I mean? It was like wow. They, just, it, it was literally they just gave him because they felt bad for anyway. Let's keep it moving. Terry Peritosh. But Steph has to do a lot more. I'll tell you what than any other player to get recognition. Peritosh. can you hear me? We can hear you. What's going on? Okay, great. Yeah, I think she is going to be pissed off with me because I'm going to ask about Wiggins again. But I just had this, like, a curiosity. Do we think Wiggins is going to be an all-star when Steph retires? Or, like, when, for example, uh, will he at least maintain this level when Steph is more of a, like, at 36, 37 when he's a role player? Ooh, that's a great great question, Paratosh. I'm going to answer it with not a concern for me right now. No. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I, I just, I feel mean going no. You know, like, but like the reality is, um, I think Steph's going to be an all-star for another four or five years. So what we're really talking about is 2026, 2027. And I don't know, man, like I, I don't, maybe Wiggins develops a handle by then. I'm watching Clay oh, mix guys up, you know? 
Um, well, actually, to spin Paratosh's question into what she'd wants to hear, isn't one of the largest reasons for Wiggins' improvement? This is taking nothing away from Andrew Wiggins, the human being, a basketball player, is that he's playing next to Steph Curry. Like, well, that's, that's, a, that's the whole point, right? Yeah, right. Like it's 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 just I, some some people want to trade players around them when they don't immediately see success. <laughs> some people like Steph Curry, they figure it out. That's that's true leadership right there, brother. True MVP. You know, you could go home to Cleveland and be like, can't win with them. Can't do it. <laughs> or you'd be like, Steph, and you could be like, come into my lab and I'm going to make it work. Um, and now he's I, a fucking all-star. It's I could have I I done that one better. Um, but, you know, we're going to end tonight with, Yo, yo, what's up, guys? What an amazing game by Steph Curry. I'm going to shoot on this. I don't want to hear about these other fools. And <laughs> about MVPs and stuff, you know, I was joking that CP3 should get one for making Bizback Biombo an entity. But, I mean, if you look at it, Steph Curry turned Wiggins into an all That's way more impressive than making, you know, Bizback Biombo useful. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I don't think he's going to get enough respect to get the MVP. It's probably going to be a guy like Embiid. Because the narrative of Simmons not being there and that team actually being good will probably be enough to ride him to the to the MVP if he doesn't like you know get another injury like he always does every single year. But um, it's just amazing to see what Steph is up to. I mean, his bad years are like years that are like average years for Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, right? Like they have plenty of years where they shot thirty six percent, thirty seven percent for the whole season, and we're complaining that Steph is off. How blessed are we? I mean, he's freaking phenomenal. And if anyone doesn't see that and wants to spend their time arguing about Joku and trading Wiseman, like, go for it. But you guys are missing out on the best part, which is Steph Curry. Fuck. Mick Walters, I can't think of a better way to close the show. Appreciate everyone who called in. We'll be back tomorrow night. Maybe. Maybe.